scissors shoot all right so steve knocks out i got scissors obviously steve knocks me out with the rock so then i sit down steve is up with whoever's left does that make sense so everyone come up everyone come up girl with a girl boy with a boy come on everyone come up including you everyone come up let's everybody come up let's have the girls on this side 
and all the boys on this side. Yes, girls and the girls. Marie, come on, Marie. Jerry, go get Marie now to stand up. The boys on this side. So it's gonna finish with one boy and one girl. So go back to back with somebody. Go back to back. Find someone, go back to back, back to back. Hey, no explosion, rock, paper, scissors. All right, hold on, wait, wait. Stephanie, you wanna get some? Come on, girls, go back to back. Come on, Marie. Come on, let's get in it, get in it. Come on, Marie. No one's watching, back to back. Right here, right here. Come on, Stephanie, right there. All right. All right, ready? And make sure it's up by your face so they can see. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot! All right, if, it, if it's a tie, then you stay in. You're both in. I know some people lost. If you lost, take a seat. Take a seat if you lost. Hey, look at Vinny. <laughs> Vinny, you ready, huh? No mohawks, no mohawks, don't count. All right. Right there, you two girls. And Cynthia, you stay for the next one. You two, you two. Cynthia, go with her. All right. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Man, these guys are cheating, man. How come all you, hey, somebody, I know somebody lost over there. Brian, you lost? All right. Rock. Paper, scissors, shoot. Take a seat, take a seat. <laughs> oh, these girls are cheating. These girls are cheating. <laughs> Look at Carmen. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. If it's a tie, then both of you guys stay. If it's a tie, stay. You too, you too. Cynthia's a referee. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Who's left? Alright, final four. March Madness. No, January Madness. You guys don't get that one. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Who's left? Steve, who do you want to win? Carmen or the guys, man? <laughs> Wait, Ty? Okay, then let them get the tiebreaker for you girls. Ladies, ladies. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Hey, are you looking at her? You're looking at her, right? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right, hey, championship, championship. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. All right, let's. Don't tell him, don't tell him. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Hey, give it up for Marie. Give it up for Marie. Elevate! 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 
MCI. It's our church. We meet here every Friday night for youth, junior high, through high school, even you know, a little bit after that, a little bit before that. Give a take. We're welcome here. Uh, but we're all about loving God, loving people. That is our church's wrong side.
break it down. I thought I'd be doing it if I wanted to pound. Made a hundred thousand with the women in the house, but that is doing whatever. Everybody is doing what you're going to do when the opposite of everybody's doing what you're going We are hungry for you. We are expecting you to move, oh God. We just ask that you touch our hearts, move from the youngest to the oldest in this room, God. That you have no limit, no boundaries in this place, oh God. And I just ask you bless this offering, that it would further your kingdom. Break our hearts of greed, O oh God, and I ask that we would continually freely give unto you, whatever that is, whatever it costs us, Lord. We would know no limit, no, no amount, God. We would know that you are worth it all. And I, God, we just love you. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. We lift up your name, for no one is as worthy as you, O oh God. No one comes close. No one compares. You are good, God. We love you. Bless this ministry. Bless tonight. We lift up Pastor Adam and everyone who's going to be part participating in worship and testimonies. God, have your way. Use us all, Lord. Lord, in your name we pray. Amen. Now come up as you give. Bucket the Pia. We are getting ready for worship. Why don't you all come up to the front, prepare your hearts for some worship. Test one, two, one, two. Hello, hello. One, two, can y'all hear me out there? So, so it's blast from the past, right? You know, whenever we do these sermon series, we got like some things planned at the end of the month and we like to go hard, like at the end of the month, but as we build up to Friday's retro night next week, where you guys are dressing groovy, maybe classic, maybe you guys are going to split the hair, you know, my brother Steve said he's going to probably put on a wig, I'm just kidding, I'm just making him, putting on the spot, but guys, you, you know how, like, whenever there's a party, we go all out, like, man, yeah, you dance a little more, maybe you do things you don't normally do on a normal day, but, but think about it like this, that... Right now, God is in this place, and, and he loves us so much. 
you know, and we have the wonderful opportunity to worship Jesus. Look at your neighbor right now and tell him, you have the wonderful opportunity to worship Jesus. All right, and me and another person, go ahead and look at your other neighbor on the left or the right and tell them the same thing. You have the wonderful opportunity to worship Jesus. Come on. Woo! All right, all right, all right. So having all said that, let me have everybody on the count of three take one giant step forward, okay, wherever you're at. On the count of three, one, two, three, step. Hallelujah. Now you guys are closer. Doesn't it just feels better when you guys are closer, amen? So this first song, can we get it up on the screen for me, please? It's a new song for you guys, and it's uh it's basically really easy. You know, let it go. What are we talking about? Let it go. It's just letting your worship go all out for Jesus, amen. Y'all like that? Come on, with all eyes closed in this place, Father, we ask that you would help us tonight, God, to worship you. God, in passion, to worship you in spirit and in truth. God, Lord, we pray for your presence to fall upon this place on every heart here tonight, God. Every person, male and female, Lord, Lord, we ask that your presence will come upon them. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in Jesus' name. Sing it out. Well, let a song rise from our soul, sing day and night, and let it go. Say to the heart of the one who knows the voice that is hearing. We'll sing it out. Let a song. Well, let a song rise from our soul, sing day and night, and let it go. Say to the heart of the one. The voice that is hearing We'll sing and we And we Are never gonna let the song die out And we Feel the heart of God so we cry out So let so let the sons and daughters shout with joy and peace and love abound. There's no way we'll ever quiet down. Our God, He's alive. Don't sing it out. And we are never gonna let the sun die out. And we We'll sing it again, and we, and we are never gonna let the song die out, and we feel the heart of God, so we cry out to love, to love like only He can love, to become His hands and feet, oh, and we I'm never gonna let the song die. Go, just the voices, and we, and we sing it out. Never gonna let the song die out. We feel the heart of God, so we. We'll sing it again, and we, and we 
that believes in the gifts of the Spirit, that means that God 
has come upon us. That the Holy Spirit right now wants to move in power. Come on, wants to work on our life, transform us. Come on, we believe that God is alive. Come on, we believe that worship doesn't have to be boring. Come on, we believe that in these moments right now, God is using us and speaking through us. Come on, right now, lift your voice. Holy Spirit, come move. Come move in power. We just want to make room for the Holy Spirit right now. And we're a church that believes in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And for some of you guys, you may never have heard that. What does that mean? What does that look like? Okay. We believe that worship doesn't have to be just us singing songs. But there is a power. There is an encounter that happens with the Holy Spirit, with God. And that's nothing that you can't fake. That's nothing that you can act out. I tell you what, when the Holy Spirit came upon me, I was a new person. And I began to lift my voice and I began to speak in tongues. And it's not a language that I understand. It's a voice of, it's a language of heaven. And we want to pray for that in this place. If you've never been baptized in the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, we want to pray for you here today. Amen. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask everybody just go ahead and make some space up here at the front. We want to pray specifically for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on, if we're starting off this new year, why not, why not ask God for the gift of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Come on. Come on. And it's not just for the pastors. It's not just for leaders. Amen. So right now, if, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, just begin to pray in the Spirit out loud. Come on, we lift it up in this place. So I'm going to pray for you right now. If you're not filled with the, with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, it may sound like gibberish, but I tell you right now, there is a language in heaven that is not English that we do not understand, and we're praying in that language. And the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, that the Holy Spirit comes upon us, He enables us through His power, through the Holy Spirit, to begin to speak in other tongues. So we want to pray for that here today. Come on, if you are not speaking in tongues and you want the gift of the Spirit, I'm just going to ask you to come on up to the front right here. We want to lay hands. We want to pray for you here today. Come on, if you are not speaking in tongues, you want the gift of the Spirit, won't you come on up? Amen. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Then I want some of my elders and my deacons and some of my 201 leaders to come right behind them. If there's the oil somewhere, we can grab that and go ahead and get that ready. And if you're up here, you take a step forward, I just want you guys to look at me right now. Because what I don't want to do is allow these moments to become very religious. And as somewhere down the line, you get frustrated towards God because you're not understanding what's happening. You think that God doesn't love you. We're not saying God does not love you. God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for your sin. But what we're praying for right now, we believe that the Bible says that in Acts chapter 2, 
God told his disciples, listen, I want you to wait for me. Don't go and preach that I've risen. Don't go do anything. I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. So what he was telling them, what he was giving his disciples directions to do is, I want you to wait for my leading, for my power to come upon you. And so the Bible says that the disciples waited in the upper room. And what did they do? Twiddle their fingers. No, they were praying. They were praying. The Bible says that a rushing wind came and shook that place. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God came upon them. Came upon them. And what they saw were tongues of fire. And they began to speak in other tongues. It wasn't a language that they understood. It was another language. It was the language of heaven. The Holy Spirit came upon them. And immediately after that, they went out from that place and started to preach. And what they saw, what they witnessed was the power of God. Their ministries then followed by demons being casted out, blind people, their eyes being opened, the lame walking. That's the power of God. And that's the power of God that we're praying for tonight. And the initial evidence of, of the Holy Spirit coming upon your life is speaking in tongues. Okay? So let's not overthink it. Think about it like this. God wants to give you a gift. It's free. Just receive it. And leaders, what I want you to do, I want you to pray with them specifically. As you pray behind them, you can pray in front of them. Encourage them, okay? If you're in this place and you're filled with the gift of the Spirit, I want you to go ahead and begin to pray in the Spirit. As I begin to pray for them, and leaders, as I'm done praying, go ahead and pray with them. And we're going to go ahead and I want to pray for you guys that the gift of the Spirit, that God will come upon your life and that you'll never be the same. So, Father, I just pray right now in Jesus' mighty name, God, that, Lord, that you would fill them with your spirit. Holy Spirit, we say come. We say come and have your way, God. Have your way, God. Holy Spirit, come like a fire. Come like a fire unto their lives, God. Holy Spirit, come, come and move in power, come and move in power. Holy Spirit, fill them, fill them right now.
as you're praying right now, and come on, as you're praying, I just want to keep on giving you more direction. Come on, don't overthink it right now. If you're not receiving the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, let's just start from the beginning. If there's anything in your life that you need to repent of, come on, if there's any area of sin that you're hiding, that you're keeping, that you're not telling us about, that maybe you're in denial about right now, that's an area to start. Come on, God wants to move in your life, but you need to repent of your sin. You need to say, God, I trust you. God, I love you. God, I want you in my life. Forgive me of my sin. So right now, come on, that might be a place to start. That might be a place to start right now. Come on, leaders, as you begin to pray with them, if there's any area of doubt, maybe you're doubting this is real. Maybe you don't know if, like, whether or not God wants that for you. Come on, you have to believe it in this place that God wants you to be filled with His Spirit. He doesn't want you to just go through life, just maybe making it through. He wants you to have His Spirit in your life so that you can overcome the devil, that you can overcome temptation. Come on, that you don't have to keep on falling back into patterns of sin. Come on, the Holy Spirit comes upon you and sets you free, enables you, gives you power in this place.
your glory fall in this place. We want your glory. We want your glory. Come and fall in this place with your fire. Anybody that's been filled in this time right now with the Holy Spirit? Do we have any testimony of anybody being filled with the Spirit right now? I'm looking to some of my leaders. Anybody? Amen. She's been filled. Amen. Come on. Come on. We got one testimony in this place of someone getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on. I encourage you to keep on praying. Don't stop. Let it, let it flow right now. Keep on praying. Carver, just keep on encouraging and praying the Spirit right now. Come on. Come on, if you're in this place and you're filled with the Spirit, just keep on praying. Keep on worshiping God. Come on, right now. Don't let it stop. Let it flow right now because that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God in this place. And if you haven't got it yet, don't worry about it. Come on. If your heart is open, you're being blessed. God is moving. The Spirit is here. Come on. We know that your power is here, Jesus. Oh, Sika Tarabasu Tarababaya Nebeata. Oh, Sika Tarabasu you're still praying or maybe you're, you're just waiting on the Lord and maybe you're just pressing in, I just encourage everybody right now, let's just turn our attention to worshiping the Lord right now. Jesus, come on. Jesus, you're in this place. Come on, all that time you spent in prayer asking God for the gift of the Spirit, 
Come on, why don't you turn your attention back to just worshiping him? Come on, lift him up in this place right now. Man, maybe you haven't received the gift of the Spirit, but you're super blessed and encouraged knowing that there's a God who loves you, knowing that he gives you this gift so freely. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to beg for it. Come on, let's just turn our attention back to Jesus right now. Come on, let's turn our attention back to the heavens. Come on, let's give it back to him. Come on, everything that he's given us, we give it back, oh God. Oh, this new life. This new life, we give it back. Come on. We give you our worship tonight, God. We give you our lives. We give you our future, our hopes, our dreams, oh God. We give it back right now, God. We offer you our hearts tonight. Come on. Come on. Just begin to lift your voice in worship right now. As the band plays, come on. sing your own song in the spirit whatever God is putting on your heart however you were blessed come on just take this next minute right now and just begin to just pour that out man thank you Lord for speaking to my heart thank you for blessing my heart thank you for coming to meeting me here tonight Jesus
listen to you tonight Holy Spirit of God Turn our attention to you Lord I want to leave right now this, this time if Come on, if, if anybody here in this place right now Before we move on such a sweet presence of the Lord in this place. Anybody in this, we're going to make some time for, if anybody has a word from the Lord here tonight. Steve just shared that the Holy Spirit was putting on his heart. So we believe that God speaks to his people and he uses us to communicate that. And, and right there with Brother Steve, we're sharing God's glory. Take glory that your name is written in the book of life. You see, your life is a second chance, a second opportunity. And we embrace that in this place. We embrace that we're made new in Christ. Come on, we're thankful, Lord, that our names, God, our names are written in the book of life. That, God, we get to go to heaven and to be with you forever. God, that we get to be with you in eternity, God. Where there's no more struggling, where there's no more hurt, where there's no more pain, where there's no more disease. God, where there's no more death, we get to be with you in eternity. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Jesus. I believe that God's not done here tonight. He's not done. He's a God of second chances. And, and if in your life, man, maybe it was hard for you to press it in this place right now. You Maybe it's all new to you trying to understand it. Or maybe you're afraid of being found out. Whoever you are in this place, God's not done with you here tonight. God's not done with you. You're going to get a second opportunity to come on up here and experience a new life that Jesus offers to us when he died on the cross. For right now, in the attitude of worship, I want you to pray, and I just want to bless this time when God was speaking to our hearts for those that were blessed, for those that received the gift of the Spirit. Keep on praying in the Spirit. Don't think it was just a fluke. Believe, God, that he wants it for you. 
that it's a free gift. So right now, God, I thank you for everyone here today. Father, I thank you for the time of pressing in. God, I thank you for your spirit in leading us and guiding us and being with us. We thank you for your presence, your manifest presence in this place, God, where sin is broken off, where lives are restored. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. God, we pray for tonight's service, God, that no one will be able to hide, God, but that all will come to this knowledge and the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for tonight's service, for the sermon. Father, for those who are going to be sharing their testimonies, God, may you empower them, God. God, we thank you for all that you have in store for us. Continue to move in us. Holy Spirit, we say have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. If you can do me the favor and add it to the worship and add it to the prayer, we just begin to make your way back to your seats. special service for you guys and you know we want to keep the attitude the same way because we believe that uh you know when god does things in our lives it's very spiritual and we don't want to uh, weird you guys out we guys don't want you to lose track of what is happening but we're gonna you know this entire month our sermon series is called blast from the past you know and we're kind of using that sermon title to kind of have a play on words where next week we're going to have our retro night so we're going to be dressing up if you want to do the 70s with the hair if you want to do the 40s with the slick pomade the you know the classic look if you want to do the 90s and you want to go ahead and i don't know if you ever grew up in the 90s just look up 90s and guard your eyes just in case but you know what we're, it's really not about the dressing up it's really not about like representing the area but really what it's about, it's about Jesus setting you free from your old way of life. Literally, blast from the past as we think about what we used to be. It's really God separating us, blasting us from our sin and into a new life. Ever seen a rocket go off? Ever seen like maybe a YouTube's or old film of like a rocket going off. You guys know that when a rocket goes off, there's like all this smoke, you see all this fire, and it takes a while for that rocket to go up, and it seems like it's going really slow. It's like, like that thing's about to fall. Literally, there's so much combustion going on right there that people, in order to view the event, have to be miles away because of the power and the force. And it is so loud when you see it. I mean, if you're miles away, it is even still so loud. And it is so bright. And think about it like this. God, he doesn't just really separate you. He, I mean, he tears you apart from me. He blasts you from your old way, your life of sin, and into a new life with Jesus Christ. And that's something special. And we've been taking this month to highlight that. Last week, we had Christina and Lawrence come and share. And they gave their perspective of, of, of two young people who grew up in Christian families. 
man, you know what? Not everybody in this place grew up in a Christian family, but we had their story come up because their story is as much as important of God in their life. The power of the Lord setting them free from sin, setting them free from the old way of who they used to be. They weren't thugs. They weren't gangbangers. They weren't, you know, strippers or anything like that. But they knew they had sin in their life, and that is the issue. And they came up and they shared their testimony. And today we have a, a, a new couple coming up to share their testimony. And we want you to be blessed by this. So without any further ado, let's give a warm welcome to some of our very own Steve and Carmen Ramos. Come on, let's give it up for them as they come. Well, it was an honor to come up here and, uh, and share. I have about three to five minutes, so I'm going to try to compact, you know, my life in these type of minutes. I'm gonna, God willing, I'm going to do it obediently, all right? But, um, you know, I wasn't raised in church. I didn't have a Christian family. Um, I was kind of less fortunate to have all that. Um, I was raised like a gang member, you know, to be honest, and that's what I was. I was a gang member. Um, got high. You know, did my thing, sold drugs, hurt people. And uh, that was actually my drug of choice. My drug of choice was to hurt people, man. I really loved that stuff. And I'm not lying. I mean, Steve was not always a nice guy. Amen. I was not always a nice guy. You know, sometimes we look at people like, oh, man, he's an awesome person. I really, really hated the flesh. And I don't mean that in a righteous way. I just hated people. I'm not lying. I hated people. And if you cross me the wrong way, I would hurt you. And that, that type of mentality led me into the county jail. I was locked up 13 times, juvenile, juvenile penitentiary. I went through there. Cook County, I got stabbed in there. Whole bunch of gang fights in there. I was a gang chief out here and a gang chief inside in prison. And one day, God saved my life. Amen. He didn't care who I hurt. He didn't care the people I killed. He didn't care what I did. He just cared about me, amen? And he found me in that cell, and he called me out by his voice. It wasn't another person that came and said, hey, receive Jesus in your life. Boom, and next you know I was doing cartwheels. It wasn't like that. God just came in that cell, and he called me out, amen? And I was in there three years fighting for my life. I was locked up for a first-degree attempt murder. I shot somebody in the forehead and it went from there you know what I mean and I was content with the fact of staying in prison for the rest of my life I was happy with that because that was part of who I was I thought that was my identity but God had other plans amen and I you know I was thinking about this last week my son had received this you know the gift of speaking in tongues in the Holy Spirit and before him receiving the Spirit of God and speaking in tongues he's nine years old but something that God put on my heart, and I, and I started to really meditate upon it. Sometimes we forget where we came from. Amen? And what happened that day, what kicked it off into that whole atmosphere of the Spirit, was the fact that God said, if I would have never delivered you, you would have never had these children. You see, and that shocked me. I'm not trying to hold back tears now, because if you really think about it, they were going to give me 40 years at 85% that I would have to do for shooting this individual. But God said, no, let my child go. And he set me free after three years. And after that, I have a beautiful wife and I have four children. I mean, that, that's think about it. If God would have never set me free, I would have never had these kids. 
I would have never had a family. I was looking at my, my daughter, my oldest daughter, and I, she, really, she was just looking at me. She couldn't really get it. But I told her, I said, think about this. If God would have never delivered me, there would be no Aviana. You would never be standing here. There would be no Ramos family. It would be none of this. But because God set me free from that type of lifestyle from prison, I was able to have a family. And I'm married now to an awesome woman of God. If anybody knows throwback baby kids, I don't know if you guys heard about that. But she's my little baby kid, man. You know, she's just, she's just crazy like that, man. But I love her, though. You know, and by the grace of God, and I praise God every day, man, that I have a God-freeing family. I wasn't raised a Jesus freak, but praise God, I'm able to raise my kids Jesus freaks. Amen? Praise God, man. Um, my testimony, is, it's, it's, it's definitely different from Stephen's. I was raised in a godly home. I was in church from the time I was about three years old. Um, but something that Lawrence shared in his testimony last week that really hit me hard was the fact that, you know, you have to. <laughs> that's my prom picture. That was prom, guys. Um, you have to choose it. You have to choose. Being raised in a godly home with godly parents who serve the Lord and take you to church on Sundays and church on Wednesdays and youth group on Fridays, it doesn't, it doesn't secure your salvation. You still have to make the choice on your own. And as I got older, I rebelled. Um, not blatantly all out like I'm leaving the house type rebellion, but I rebelled and I hid my rebellion. Um, through my teenage years, I was, I struggled a lot with self-hate, low self-esteem, self-mutilation, um, eating disorders in high school, and just feeling like I wasn't good enough. And I had a mom and dad who served God. I had a father who was there by my side telling me, I love you, you're beautiful, and he took care of me. So having those things, it, it didn't matter to me because I chose a different road. Um... I was I, I lived one way in church and another way outside of church. Came to church on Sundays and I went to the to the uh, altar when they called us and I raised my hands when we worshiped. But inside I was wicked and dead and not serving Christ. And you know, God knows you can hide from everyone else. You can show us one thing, but God knows what's going on in the inside. God knows what happens in your head when you leave this place. God knows what you think about, the thoughts you have, what you say to your friends who are not Christians, who are not believers, the life you live with them. God sees it, even though we may not. Um, so I'm trying to gonna wrap this up, but rebellion came to a head because I was, you know, in the church doing what I had to do according to what they thought. Um, and I ended up getting into a relationship and getting married, and it was a guy from church exactly what my parents wanted they were excited they were happy and everything was fine but from the moment I from the moment I said I do it was a disaster um and my marriage fell apart because I didn't have God because I decided to do things my way um and even in the midst of my rebellion from that God was still by my side through everything I was at rock bottom having two beautiful children who I was forced to raise by myself now and I felt alone and I felt desperate, so I turned to partying. And I did what I had to do as a mom, but when I did not have my children, I partied. I was out there in the world, and that was it. And then at one point, um, I felt like my life was just, it had spun totally out of control. And I remember being on my knees, crying out to God and telling him, you know, 
I've screwed up so much, Lord. I'm destroying my life. This is not, I knew that wasn't God's plan for me because even though I wasn't serving God, I knew what I was supposed to do and what I wasn't supposed to do. The Bible talks about um, to him who knows good and does not do it, to him it is sin. I knew what I was supposed to do and I chose not to. And then my life just spiraled out of control. So um, literally the next day after I decided, Lord, that's it, I'm done. I can't control my life anymore. I give it back to you. The next day, and I am not exaggerating, I met Stephen. And um, <laughs> it, <laughs> it's not, it, marriage, is, marriage is not easy. It takes a lot of work. But I'm going to tell you this, that um, it has been so much more of a blessing for us because we have chosen, even adulthood, even after all the rebellion and everything, to put God first. And God has continued to show his love and his mercy and his grace despite all the times that I rebelled against him. Um, so we've been coming to Metro Praise for a little over a year now and um, just really starting to live wholeheartedly for God with um, serving him 100%, no compromise, doing what he's called us to do. And I've seen so much blessing in our lives. And I'm going to tell you right now, people can give their testimonies up here. You can hear testimony after testimony after testimony. But the desire to serve God, the choice to serve God is yours. It has to be a decision you make. Not something that you say, okay, well, you know, my parents did it. My leaders are doing it. Yeah, okay, I'll show them this. God knows what's going on. He knows what's going on inside of you. And eventually that stuff is going to all come out. The facade that you may put up here in front of us, it's going to eventually come out. And you're going to be left there with nobody else, no friends, none of this sin you're dealing with, and it's only going to be you and God. So I want to encourage you, you know, like God has shown his love and his mercy over and over and over again. And um, there's nothing out there that is better than there's nothing. And as soon as you decide to truly 100% give all of who you are to God, the blessings are just going to pour out from heaven. And it's just going to be the best decision you've ever made. So that's my testimony. Come on, let's give them one more hand clap. We're so thankful for them as leaders. And there's stories of people that are in this youth ministry that serve, that come here, that, you know, God has done this. And um, here's the thing. You have a story as well. You know, last week we talked about I am no longer the same because. And we filled in the blank because Jesus has set me free. And we read this 2 Corinthians 5.17, and it says this. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, and the new is here. I'll read that once more. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new is here. Being a new creation in Christ means that you are renewed. What does that mean? That you are no longer, uh, you know, you got your muscles, right? You're exactly the shape you want to be. I don't know if maybe you guys think about that. Or maybe that when Christ comes into your life he, ma life, he makes everything better. I never really think about it like that. Like, man, you know, he makes me better. He makes me better looking. Uh, he makes my hair softer. I mean, he gets me the man that I want. And, and everybody thinks, like, man, there's a lot of perks of being Christian. Because you see a lot of happy Christians, right? I mean, in... Being a new creation in Christ means that you have been renewed. 
that your heart has been renewed. And today we're going to be focusing on the heart because last week we talked about your life changing. But let me tell you something. When your life changes, a big component of that is your heart. Did you know that your heart is the center of life? It is within this uniquely created organ that holds life and also is the center of our spiritual life. And the Bible talks a great deal of our hearts. As a matter of fact, I want you guys to open up your Bibles with me to Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. We're probably not going to read all 10 verses, but I want to start there. Because what I want God to do tonight is speak to your heart. There are certain things that get your attention, that speak to your heart, that other things do not. If you have a one-on-one with somebody that you truly love, someone that's invested time into your life, someone that you have familiarity with, built relationship with, they can come into your life and speak something to you, and it go to your heart. Whether it's a good thing, whether it's a bad thing, but we understand that the heart, our heart can be affected by things that are said, things in our life. And so when God makes you new, he doesn't just change your body, now your circumstances around you. But what he does, he also changes your heart. The Bible says this, Colossians 3, and we'll start in verse 1. It says this, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated. See, the Bible is telling us how God changes our heart. When we set our hearts on things above, right, where Christ is seated, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways. You used to walk in these ways. In the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourself of all such of these anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of, in the image of its creator. Did you know that word knowledge? It implies intimacy. You know, if you study knowledge and it's, and it's in, in this language that the Bible was originally written and it wasn't written in English. It wasn't written in Spanish. I grew up in a Spanish-speaking church, and he always, the pastor always said a joke saying, like, the, the tongue or the language of heaven is Spanish. So I literally grew up thinking that Jesus spoke Spanish. Like, he had this accent that he was, like, you know, the biggest thing, Mexican. And then sometimes I thought he was Puerto Rican. And then sometimes I was like, man, they must be speaking Spanish up there. Like, I'm struck because here I am in a Spanish-speaking church, and I only understand si, no, carne, and I'm just like, oh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get along when I get to heaven. I don't know Spanish. And, and so we understand this, this, this sense that the word knowledge means intimacy. And so when the Bible says this, it says, put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. So when we know who we are being renewed into, who are we becoming like? We then become changed. Not because we're better people, but because it's the revelation of Jesus. Here it is. 
Speaking of the heart, the heart is the center of life. The heart is also the center of our spiritual life. Guys, open up with your Bibles with me. To Psalm 51, verse 10. And it's here where we're going to get into a story. We're going to look at the life of someone whose life, whose life had a heart change, whose life had a heart transplant. You know, you ever talk to some people and, man, they just be like stingy or like if you ever try to cheer them up, they're just like set on their ways. Ever meet someone like that? Maybe, maybe it's someone in your lunchroom that you see them all the time and they're just, they have this face on their look. You know, there was this one guy, his name was Dustin. And uh, my freshman year, I, I remember Dustin. I mean, this guy, you could have missed Dustin. Literally, that was his name, Dustin Nance. Well, no, not Dustin. It was Nance. Dustin was his first name. Maybe I'm thinking of someone in Bible college. But Dustin was his first name. I don't remember his last name. But here's the thing. Dustin, he was big. I'm not talking about like, I mean, the guy was like 6'3", and he, he had some size on him. So, uh, I mean, and he's a freshman. So you're thinking, looking at this guy like, whoa, like, look at this guy. You know, and it's like, hey, 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 and he talked like that. And I mean, but Dustin, he came in with a look. I mean, that guy looked like he had a rough life. And I remember in my English class there, Dustin was, I sat next to him sometimes. And, you know, he just had this persona about him. Like, teacher would call him out. He'd act all tough. And, you know, he'd just, like, not be interested and always seemed like he was bothered. You know, and I remember Dustin, like, dang, like, What's wrong with that guy? And me thinking nothing of it, just like that guy just has a bad attitude. And later down the years, like similar testimony to Steve, Dustin got into gangs. And I remember seeing Dustin freshman year. I mean, he, he had this look to him. was just like frustrated. Something bothered him. And then the sophomore year when gangs took over, I mean, this guy was, now he had like a swag to his anger. He's just like, now if, if you get in his way, he's going to mess with you. And all throughout up to junior year, because that's, I think, we got kicked out. I remember seeing this guy. Every time I would see him, I would always feel like, man, something's wrong. It just it doesn't put two and two together. Like something is bothering him. Something is, is wrong. And it, it really what it came down to, it was, it was a heart issue for Dustin. And I didn't see it like that. Maybe that guy just has a bad attitude. Maybe that guy just had a rough and. Really, there was something going on in his heart because of certain circumstances that had happened in his life. And in this story, Psalm 51, verse 10, it's actually the opposite. Here we get the story of a person who the Bible calls a man after God's own heart. And we're going to realize and read in this story that even if you are the, a Christian, even if you love God, that man, you will have bad days. And you have to realize that when you have the bad days, when you fall off, when you sin against the Lord, when you turn your back on God, it is a hard issue. It's a hard issue. Psalm 51 verse 10 says this. It says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I'll read it once more. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. This person saying that the Bible speaks of this person, David, King David, that David was a man after God's own heart. And if you study the Bible, the Bible talks about no one like how it talks about David. 
No one else gets to get that title, gets to get that little um, um, acknowledgement all throughout the Bible that David was a man after God's own heart. And here we, hear, we see David saying, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. You see, when we get the context of what's happening, this we get to understand why is David saying that? Why would David say, God, renew a steadfast spirit within me? Almost seems like he did something wrong. And when you read the story of David, you begin to realize that everyone, not just King David, needs to have a heart check. Because sometimes we can get it wrong and we can get it royally wrong, no pun intended. But King David, if we, if we open up our Bibles to 2 Samuel, I just want to read it to you. I want to give you the backdrop of this story. Okay, David was since he was a young man, was a servant of the Lord. You know what his job, when he was a young man, he was the youngest of eight brothers. I believe it was eight or seven. SUM scholars, help me out. Let's go with eight. Seven. Eight or seven. <laughs> We're not going with six. Six? Five. Okay, anyways. He had a lot of brothers, Okay. And he was the youngest. You know when you're the youngest, you get no attention? I mean, especially in that culture, when you're the oldest, you get the birthright, right? I mean, you're kind of like the father shows you off. He's my oldest. He's my firstborn. And David was the youngest. And here it is that this young man, God chose to be the next king of Israel. And David's job, he was a shepherd. And that's kind of the job no one likes to do. That's kind of the thing that you look at like, man, you know what? He's a shepherd boy. And David did this diligently. The Bible talks about David being a bad mamma jamma. He used to fight off bears and lions with his hands. So you don't think about this scrawny little shepherd boy. You think about a young man. I'm talking about ripped. This man was fighting off bears. All right. As much as I like to think that I'm strong, I'm a man, I cannot fight off a bear. Dear Lord, if I see a bear, I am the other way. Even much so a lion. You don't play with that kind of stuff. Not here in the city. You don't mess with that stuff. Maybe in a zoo, that's fine. But he, that was his job. The Bible says that this young man would fight off lions and bears and tigers. Oh, my. Okay, I was waiting for you guys. Literally, that was his job. And, and, and here's the crazy thing. And I'm going to add this little nugget in there. David, how did he get that strength? The Lord was with him. See, even when he was younger in, in the fields, taking care of the sheep, even doing the job that no one wanted to do, he was worshiping God. What do you think Psalm 24 came from? When he was out there watching the sheep, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, and, and get this idea of a young man whose heart is after God. It's like he was saying to himself, I want God, I want God. And if you read the story and the accomplishments and what David did, you'll get excited about his life. Like, oh my gosh, like this man is a champion. This man is a warrior. This man is a servant of the Lord. He is the example that we should follow. As a matter of fact, he was king. The person that stands before the people who has the relationship with God, who makes the authority, who represents the Lord. Here he was, and the example for all to see. And David had a moment of weakness. David had a moment where he let his heart get away from him. Where his heart was deceived. Where his heart began to turn from what God wanted. And it came from this one incident where he was out on his 
he was out on his, uh, you can say patio, if you will, if it, makes, it helps you paint a picture. He was out on, a, on this ledge from his, from his kingdom, and he saw a young woman bathing. And he saw her, he's like, man, she looks good. I mean, man, and, and instead of, instead of saying, man, you know what? I need to get inside. I need to turn my, my eyes from that. I need to get away from that. Instead of turning away from it, what happened was David stared and he looked and he's like, I have to have it. So literally, he goes and he tells his peoples, he's like, hey, listen, there's this young lady over there. She's bathing. I mean, how perverted is that? You're, I mean, you're peeping over there like, oh, snap. And literally, she's naked. She's showering. She's minding her own business. And he's just like, yep. And he's like, yo, go get her for me. And he goes and they bring her in, and he sleeps with her. No harm, no foul, but you see what happened here. That lady was married. And when David found this out, you know what he tried to do? Instead of getting it right, instead of repenting before the Lord, instead of saying, man, you know, I should have been a better example. I sinned against God. He tried to cover it up by killing Bathsheba's, the lady he slept with, husband. He killed him. How did he kill him? See, at that point in time, they were in a war. They were having battles. And what happened is David sent word to his generals and told, hey, send Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, to the front lines. And you guys know in that time when they're doing battle, it's not one of these things where they're hiding in trees. They're shooting rocket launchers. not like that. It's head-to-head combat. And so whoever's on the front line, you generally don't have a good chance of making it out alive. I mean, because you're running at each other with swords and spears, and you're... Come on now, like you think you're going to be, be able to dodge like, oh, like Matrix. That's not how it happened. And so David said, listen, I, I want this guy in the front lines. And David knew what he was doing. He knew that he was going to die. Uriah was going to die. And so Bathsheba gets the word that Uriah dies. And she's devastated. She's heartbroken. And David sends for her. David goes and brings her into his house. As a matter of fact, 2 Samuel 11.27 says it like this. After the time of mourning was over, David had her brought to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. The Bible talks about God being displeased. You know, one of the fascinating things that I was able to learn in Bible college and study was that God has emotions. God has emotions. I, I used to think, like, you know, you have that picture. If you've ever been to, like, this old church, or if you've ever seen this painting of Jesus being, like, a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, I mean, just, like, posing, like, I mean, the chiseled jaw. I mean, everything is perfect. I'm just looking at it. I used to grow up thinking, like, man, that's what Jesus looked like. That's what Jesus, for real, I'm like, man, that's what Jesus looks like. So every time I prayed to Jesus, I had this picture of this guy, blonde hair, blue eyes. That's Jesus. That's what he looked like. Oh, man, how did they know what he looked like? I thought that's all something. And here I am, this, I was seven years old, guy cut me some slack. And I'm thinking to myself, that's, that's Jesus. And I began to realize as I'm reading the Bible and, and understanding that the Bible talks about God and he has like, emotions. He gets angry. He gets displeased. He loves. 
right? And I begin to understand the Bible says that we're created in his image. So it's okay for me to have emotions. But when I realized that God has emotions, I began to think further. Man, does God have a heart? Yes. And from his heart, from the father's heart is everlasting love. That we can never, ever, ever comprehend in our minds if we wanted to. If we spent eternity, we would have all of eternity and never fully grasp it. From the Father's heart comes everlasting love that's displayed on the cross through Jesus Christ. And that's given to us, manifested in our lives through the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit, God three in one, brings the Father's heart and the love of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness that was on the cross into our life and makes it real. So it's not just something I read. But when I read David's story, it says, but the thing David had done displeased the Lord. Gets me to think. And there are things that I do that displease God, that God does not want me to do. There are things that you do, that you have done, that you are doing, that displease the Lord. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. You see, God isn't okay with you going ahead about your life and living in a way that displeases him. So in this story, God sent Nathan. Nathan was a prophet of the Lord. A prophet of God is a man or a woman who would hear what God is saying and go speak on behalf of God. And when Nathan went and what God told Nathan to do was to go and speak to King David. And you see, it goes from chapter 11 to chapter 12. And it starts off with Nathan rebukes David. You see, what is not given here is the time frame. You see, we think maybe it was next day. You see, it didn't happen like that. It wasn't next day. You see, David, God was giving him a chance. Scholars, they've done their research. They say maybe it might have been a year since the thing David had done, since Uriah had died, that Nathan comes to David. See, what began to happen is David began to become desensitized to the thing. Like, you know what? It's going to be okay. Like, maybe I got away with it. No one saw. It's all good. And about a year, this he's, he's kind of building off like, man, this lie. Like, you know what? It's going to be okay. I'm fine. I don't have to do anything. God must love me. Here I am. And God, who loves him so much, would not let him stay like that. And for about a year of silence, David was there until he said the prophet Nathan. And see, the thing about this, Nathan came to David and told King David a story of the thing King David had done. Basically, Nathan gave David a story that was similar to David's situation when he slept with, Uriah, when he slept with Bathsheba and killed Uriah. And then by Nathan telling his story, David Listening to that interpretation, that point of view of the story became frustrated, not knowing that Nathan was talking about him. And the Bible goes on to say that that as Nathan was talking, David became filled with anger. To the point is like, whoever did that deserves to die. Bring him here. He deserves to be punished. 
And Nathan just looks right back at David. He's like, Nate, David, that person is you. You're the man. Busted. Wait. The David that the Bible says was a man after God's own heart, that David? The David that the Bible says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want? That David? The David who slayed the giant, Goliath, and triumphed over the Philistines? That David? The David that even when Saul, King Saul was throwing spears at him, would not lift his hand up against a servant of the Lord? That David? You are the man. That David. You think he would have remembered of all the things that God had done in his life. And he's like, you know what? I can't do this. You know what? I've messed up. You think maybe in that time, that year had passed, he might have said, like, God, forgive me. I've done something wrong. But no, it had to take to the point where God said, enough is enough. I'm going to send up a man of God to tell you, listen, you are wrong. Called him out. You are the man. And in Psalm 51.10 gives us David's prayer. Let's read it again. It says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. See, this, as we read it, we think, oh, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit. I, I can picture this psalm as David's crying this out. As God has convicted his heart. As God is so lavishly loves him, wouldn't leave him alone. Psalm 51.10, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. 2 Samuel 12.13 says, then David said to Nathan, I've sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. See, God wants to deal with our heart in this place. As much as it is, as God, he's changing our life, God knows if he can get to your heart, he can speak to you. And I'm asking you today, what is in your heart? What fills your heart tonight? What's in there? Is Jesus the center of your heart? Is he the center of your life? If he's not, you have the perfect opportunity to ask God for a renewal. God, come change my heart. Create in me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. In closing, let's turn our attention to another verse here. Let's open up our Bibles to Proverbs 4.23. And Vinny, you can come in closing. Actually, the band, would you guys come, please? Proverbs 4.23 says this, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. Why don't you look to your neighbor and say, guard your heart. Go on, look to your other neighbor, tell him, tell him again, tell him, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Take an inventory of all the things that are in your heart today, tonight, right now. What's in your heart? Take inventory. What does that mean? 
take a moment and say, man, what is in your heart? Is the thing that's consuming your heart. Oh, man, I can't wait to get in that relationship with that fine young man who's been looking at me all second period. Praise you, Jesus. I'm going to ask him out. Oh, wait, he's going to ask me out. Oh, he may never ask me out. Or maybe what's in your heart is all these worries. Christ can't be the center of your life if you have your life in the center of your heart is a bunch of worries and doubt and frustrations and pain. If you carry in your heart the, the results of broken relationships, the results of people failing you, the results of maybe even your own guilt and shame, he can't be the center of it if that's the center of your heart. And many people don't realize what I like to paint a picture is like pretend that there was a throne on your heart. You know, that's where the king sits. You know, back in those times, you see kings, they didn't just stand all the time. They had a royal throne that you walked into the throne room. The king had a seat designated for him. And that was a place of honor. It was a place of respect. It was a place of dominion. The king had his own spot. And when he was in that spot, it doesn't matter. He was the king of everything. That's why back in old times, people used to fight in all these wars. They'd always used to come and try to take the king's palace, or try to take the dominion, try to take the kingdom. And I'm going to ask you right now to look at your heart, examine your heart. What sits on the throne of your heart? Is it Jesus? Or is it something else? What sits on the throne of your heart? What is it? Who is it? Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. In, in closing, would you please stand for me? Who sits on the throne of your heart? We talk about blasts from the past. I, I am a genuine believer that God literally separates you. He makes you new. He cleanses you. He renews your heart. And like David, see, what's the point of David's story? A man after God's own heart, yes. The one who, who was fighting off Lions and bears. Yes, that guy. The guy who slayed the giant in front of all those people. And who stood up before them and says, man, no one will defile our God. Yes, that David. That same David who through wars and many different things represented God and the power of God. And what God can do if you surrender your life to God. Yes, that same David. In a moment of weakness, in a moment where he let his guard down, sin came into his heart. And I tell you what, the moral of this story is that if David can fall into sin, so can we. But God's not okay with it. He's not okay with it. So in a sense, you can take comfort that, man, if David was to royally mess it up, so can we. There's no more of this sense where like, I can't believe I messed it up, I must be a failure. David messed up. 
but God still forgave him. God spared his life. See, today God spares your life. How? Through Jesus. You see, sometimes, you know, the Bible has so much counsel that if you were to listen and to break it down simply, guard your heart. From it flows the wellspring of life. Did you know if you let different things control your heart, if greed, if money consumes your heart, literally you'll be chasing money. You'll, be, you'll make the pursuit of your life money. And money, it would always fail you. Look at the millionaires. Look at the billionaires. Look at the tablets. You think they're happy? You're always seeing this person getting divorced, this happening, this happening, this happening, this person going bankrupt, this person having a nervous uh, breakdown, this person doing drugs and getting locked up. You think money solves things? No, it doesn't. Well, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe if I get in a relationship with somebody, then maybe I can understand and feel love. You think relationship solves things? Only Jesus can solve that. So with all eyes closed in this place, let's take inventory of our heart here tonight. What's in the center of our heart is Christ in the center of your life. The heart representing the center of our spiritual life and our physical life. Who's at the center of your heart? Is it worry? Is it doubt? Come on, what's there? What's there? Don't overthink it. Don't overexamine it. Don't become too spiritual about it. What is it? Father, Lord, we pray here tonight, God, that we will be able to guard our heart from the things that distract us, the things that steal us from you. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Take away the things that distract us from you, oh, Lord. Take it away, God. Take away the fear. Oh, God, take away the hurt. Oh, God, take away... Oh, it all, Father. Take it all away, God. Take it all away. Right now, in closing, in closing, in closing, I want us to, to pray and I want us to just love on Jesus. But you know that the center of the heart is sometimes to be the thing that can resist God. You know our hearts can resist God. And here tonight, I, I don't want you to leave if your heart is somewhat resistant towards God. I want you to come on up here and I want you to make it right. Because he wants to change your life. He wants to speak to your heart. So if that's you in this place, I don't want you to leave. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pray and I'm going to dismiss you guys. But I want those who want to have a heart check and a heart transplant. To God to come and touch their heart here tonight. I want you guys to come on up to the front. So Father, here tonight, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that... Lord, you, you want to be in our life. You're not pushing us away. You're not frustrated with us. You're not angry with us right now because of your son, Jesus Christ. When we look to the cross, God, we realize how much you love us. God, we can see your heart through Jesus. We see your heart through Jesus. We know how you feel towards us. You love us, God. You love us so much that you don't want us to stay the same. So here tonight, God, God, I pray for every person here, God, that doesn't want to stay the same, God. That your love, God, your love would come from here tonight in Jesus' mighty name. So if that's you, I just want you to respond. Come meet me here at the altar. We want to pray with you here tonight.
If you want God to touch your heart and change your heart, come on, I want you to come on up here to the front. Just come on up, come on up, come on up, come up here. Yeah, come on, amen, 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 amen.
closing and closing and closing. Come on, let's uh, let's just uh, pray in closing. We're gonna bless the Lord and we're gonna fellowship. If you're talking, if you're just continuing in prayer, please don't feel rushed. But we want to fellowship with you guys. We want to celebrate. What's happening in this place is God is separating you from things, amen? He's blasting you from your past. The old is gone, the new has come. And it feels so good. It feels so good. And next week we get the opportunity to do it with our retro night to celebrate it. So if you know somebody, if you know somebody that needs Jesus, that needs to be blasted from their past, listen, I want you to go and share what God is doing. Invite them, let them know they can dress up. It's going to be a fun night. But we know what's going to happen in this place. Amen. So we want to encourage you to invite your friends. Just close this night in prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for the heart transplant. God, first we're convicting our, our hearts that something's not right. We thank you for the life that we now have in Jesus. God, Lord, I pray that you would guard our hearts. Guard our hearts, God. Guard our hearts from things that would distract us from seeking your face. Guard our hearts from sin, oh Lord. We offer you our lives. Thank you, God, for tonight. Continue to bless your people. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Come on, and give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this place. Come on. So if you're praying, you're still praying, but really quick, one more time, because I can never say it enough. Next week is our E-Night. Next week, we strongly encourage you guys to dress up. If you want to wear an afro and say you're from the 70s, hey, you can do that. If you want to put on a suit and say you're from the 40s, hey, you can do that. If you want to go ahead and put on uh, pajamas and say you're from the 90s, hey, I guess it works. We want to encourage you guys, come next week, invite a friend. Tag it on Facebook. Like it. Share it. Please invite somebody that you know loves Jesus. Amen. Or loves Jesus or needs Jesus. So we love you guys. If you're praying, keep on praying. If not, feel free to fellowship and just share what God is doing. Amen.
Shine.